action and welcome everybody this is BMP weekly episode 217 uh it was season eight episode two <laughs> uh it is uh 4th of september 2023 um and today we have a visitor who is a what was it maximum three five developer was probably the right term. and consultant uh, and consultant yes um Jack of all so trades. Dan Toft from uh, Denmark is joining us for a discussion on what does it mean to be a Microsoft 365 developer and a consultant and talk about his contribution also on a community side where he's been really, really active within the past uh, years. Years is a good way of saying that, yes. And he's also one of the winners on the Teams Hackathon. What was the Teams Hackathon again, Aldek? Yeah, it is a hackathon that we've done in May already. Wow, time flies. So it was, it was a hackathon that we've done in May. <laughs> exactly right time flies uh it was all about building apps for teams right and yes. then and his uh a colleague they made a, a really cool app that they're going to show on september the 5th on the community call right yep yep they're going to show a demo of their app so if you want to see what their app is and was really really cool stay tuned for the recording of that or attend live if you still get a chance i don't know by that time when this becomes available and if you're still on time depends on when you're processing things so you know it's it's yeah so yes yes <laughs> now uh, on the bnt weekly we'll talk about the latest on microsoft 365 areas and and focus on latest articles and videos and tweets and all of that stuff we'll talk about that one on top of the interview but uh let's first go to the interview with dan and then come back on the weekly articles Excellent. Let's get started. So welcome, Dan, on the PMP Weekly episode 217. Yes, I'm watching the, the meeting invite, so <laughs> confirming that. So, Dan, let's start with the basics. Who are you and what do you do for a living? Yeah, um, my name is Dan. I'm a Microsoft 365 developer consultant kind of thing. I do a little bit of everything um, based in Denmark. Uh, yeah, uh, do a lot of the, like samples, SPFX, uh, mainly when I do, do community work. Um, yeah, been doing this for close to five years now, a uh, little over, I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was an interesting statement from you in the social media related on, hey, so you started the, the PMP Weekly on the year I you started your career, which is like, well, like we're old. <laughs> wow. Yeah, totally. I mean, like, your, your experience. It's surprising, right? Because like I started yes. this part of my career in 2006 and that is already like 17 years True. So, 2006 yes, i've same. been in like grade three <laughs> see see <laughs> i'm gonna go to my corner now <laughs> i joined microsoft in 2006 as well so there we go and started with sharepoint on that year so there we go wow so. <laughs> we've been around for a while also yes. in a way you haven't missed anything then like yeah, exactly, Dan. You haven't. Yes, you, uh, we introduced functionalities and then we deprecated them and took them away. And now we're saying AI, 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 and Teams and SPFX and and Microsoft 365. Cool, 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 and cloud. Well, but right. To so, be honest, like if I look back at the things that that we've done in the past, like big part of it is still around. Like we still have you know true. content types and yes, like you don't do like maybe you know the, why, the why technical business content types. Sorry. What's that? Oh, because it's top what of mind. I, I might as well take files and document libraries and lists. Yes. Files and still sites. exist. That's good. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, and sure, maybe a few, you know, technical things changed um, along the sure. way and things look way better. Although, back in 2006, when we got the ribbon, it's like, was it that? Was it the ribbon? No. 2013 oh, was, no. was ribbon. Yeah, exactly. No, tw like, no 2010 was 2010. Ribbon. 
2010. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. Right. So like <laughs> back then, I was like, oh my god, this looks so great. And then like so every single time, every three years back then, when we had a release, things looked better. And now we kind of have the same thing where the modern sites look way better than classic sites that looked awesome at some point. So I think it's just like the ongoing, yeah. ever evolving pattern of things improving. But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, now. it's the same thing. We're, we're seeing rounded corners and everything like that was the thing five, <laughs> ten years ago. Exactly. Now it's, exactly. Then everything became flat. Now it's sort of coming back. We want more reinventing corners. Yes. Uh, uh, so that's that's the one thing which is always interesting in the in the IT definitely because somebody comes up with the, hey I have this great idea now let's make them round. That's like yeah we saw that ten years ago already. Or let's I know let's not actually do microservices. Let's do autonomic uh, big functions and monolith. they will do because they're yeah. the monolith. They're more performant. Y yes, we've seen this as well. So it's it's funny how we always kind of move in cycles and going back on on things. I, I'm having so. a great time because I'm sort of going through the the first iteration of that. Like now <laughs> exactly. there's needs to change in my career. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm just exactly. looking around. Five years in, I think you are now on the verge of the change, the first change. And then if yes. you wait five, five more years, you will be back. Yes. Yes. And then you'll be like, I'm, I'm feeling this. myself getting more grumpy. Like, I'm like, no, I don't want to change. The thing we're doing is working. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that, it's called experience. Yes. <laughs> the grumpiness, the experience equals grumpiness level, right? So. <laughs> I think yeah, it's it's an interesting thing, right? Because like things change, things evolve, and you will see, you know, things pendulum swing like back and forth, and it takes like you, you need like it's easy to become um, I don't know disenchanted, sarcastic about it, but it's just like end of it, like it's how things work, like you know, things yep. change, yep. things are are never um, st static, so. It's just a part of how things work, and that's a part of working in the IT. Speaking of which, uh, let's get back to you. You mentioned that you work on uh, Microsoft 365 as a dev. M365 is a big space. Um, which areas particularly you work with the most? Uh, so, so definitely mostly SharePoint. Um, I did a lot of, so, so back when I started five years ago, I started as an intern. Um, coming out, I, I did a degree in, in I guess it's computer science, but it, it's way shorter than like the university degree. It's a two and a half years kind of thing where you like, you just learn right, the fundamentals. Bachelor, bachelor's of whatever. Well, yeah, it it's really it's not actually yeah. a bachelor's, but doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's doesn't a, matter. Yeah, concise the computer Nobody science has class. never asked yeah. the study papers which I have, so you know, no. it doesn't really matter. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> never showed them to anyone. Exactly. Uh, I, I, it was actually kind of funny because I had a student job where I was a first level IT supporter, and I, I swore I'd never want a job where I had to work with users again. Uh, <laughs> True. And you became consultant. Yeah, yeah exactly. And somehow that's where I got an internship. Um, yeah. <laughs> and did a lot of SPFX for like half a year as my my internship uh, back in the days of like version one dot I think one dot six or one dot seven uh, quite a while ago, um, yep. and that kind of stuck around. Uh, and then added on later a bunch of like or we're calling it back in stuff. I guess it's more like just C sharp and .NET yep. uh, to do those things that we can't can't do in SPFX for whatever reason, whether that be permissions or or something else. Yeah. Um, so, so generally in the SharePoint space, more and more moving towards Teams as well. Uh, especially that now it's gotten so easy to do something in SPFX and bring it into Teams. 
that yep. makes it really easy for for us to to help show users what's possible. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, how, how does the the sorry, well, like, uh, so how does the 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 business look like? Obviously, we don't need to go to the numbers and all of the details and all of that. But is a is a a corporate communication portal still a thing? I'm being a bit um, more intentionally sarcastic or or pushy on the question, yeah. but <laughs> is that a thing so, that people are asking? I think people aren't so so like if we go the broad internet, I think it, it's still a thing. It's less of a thing. Uh, it's more of a link aggregator, really. Um, that what we see people do. Um, some organizations, but I think because the space we're in, we're in a lot of like small to medium businesses. There, there's still of the like consensus that we don't need it because everybody knows what's going on. Um, yeah. So, so we're we're doing a lot of like intranets that are just here are links to everything else that we've done yep. um, more so than a communication portal. Yep. And, and so especially in the SMB space, right? So in the small and medium, how, how do they do internal comms, right? Like let's say announcements or events, do they use email? Do they use Viva Engage? Do they do it on Teams? Do they have like team with everyone in there? How, 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 how do they post, I don't know, let's call it internal announcements or news. Um, so the, the, the like classic one is the Teams channel with everyone in it and just tagging the everyone thing and just sending messages that way. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. um, and then I guess we, we have a lot of clients who actually still do SharePoint news, um, which works great because it's pretty fast to communicate something. Yep. Now we're soon getting the Outlook feature, which is actually kind of neat and kind of at the same time, I'm, I'm on the verge where I'm going, well, shouldn't we try to bring people to the news and not push the news out into Outlook where yeah. they yeah. used to be. Um, <laughs> we're not actually seeing a lot of adoption on the Viva Connections thing yet. Um, I think we're still, a lot of people are screaming for customizations. And I think I read somewhere that there's more to come. Uh, not that I, I actually know what's that, what that will be, but we're hoping yep. hoping for more customizations that will make it more corporate because that's a lot yep. of the things we're hearing is, yep. well, this looks well, good, the, but I want it to be mine. Correct, correct. And all of that is in the pipeline. I've seen cool stuff, but I can't talk about it. So. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, another thing that I want to ask you, right? So you began your SharePoint or N365 career inside SPFX. To what extent do you look into other technology stacks? I don't know, let's say server-side node development or other web frameworks and React to kind of get a bigger, like to what extent are you focusing specifically on SPFX or do you also look at other technologies and kind of trying to put in perspective what we have in SPFX versus what you could use elsewhere? Um, so so certainly I, I do mostly on the side. I'll, I'll do React apps and like try and hosting a website with Node just to, to try it out because it's one of those things where I guess I, I like to know what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, so. When something isn't working, I don't stop it. Okay, I got it working. I want to know what is actually going on. So, so I don't actually do server-side node for any clients that I can think of. Uh, whenever we do something server-side, there it's just .NET, uh, most likely functions. If we need a website, then uh, usually a React app. Actually, you can do the. Uh, there's a template in Visual Studio that works great, and we'll just spin up a React site hosted with .NET yep. in the background. Cool. Interesting. So with that experience in mind, 
What is Dan's perspective on SPFX and the state of SPFX? Is it modern? Is it up for a renewal, refresh, changing the oil, refreshing brake? Yeah, this is good. Um, this is good. <laughs> yeah, no. So, so one of the things that actually keeps coming up is, is the the fact that there's, and I guess internally there's a bunch of like legacy stuff that we're continuously moving forward. I remember seeing a while back that there were still some some clients who had a uh, SLA on SPFX working in Internet Explorer, and therefore we couldn't update certain things. I'm assuming yeah. that's gone now. Uh, yeah. but <laughs> we're, we're certainly Explorer? running. Stop using Internet Explorer. Stop what using. is Internet Explorer? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that exactly. has, by the way, that has followed up since you know since mid 90s. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I guess we're, we're definitely seeing some some places where we would like to see improvement as well. Um, yep. One one of the, the things that comes up a lot is the, uh, the the build target is like ES5, I believe. So there's just so many nice things that we're missing out where every single time we're writing our own, find the first element that matches this or something with it. Mm. Um, yep. Yeah. And we, we can change those things, but then we're at our own risk. Um, so, so certainly there, there's room for, for a, a SPFX version 2 at some point. Yep. Uh, and probably not called SPFX either. Uh, it seems like that name is getting dated by, by the minute. Because of the uh, <laughs> extended scopes, so that they yeah. can use SPFX to build for SharePoint, Viva, Teams, Outlook. and Outlook, Outlook and Office. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, call, calling a SharePoint framework seems to, to us, it's fine because we know it, but it, it's confusing to, to newcomers. Um, yeah, sure, sure. Because yeah. they would be asking, what is SharePoint? Because the newcomers don't necessarily have that background information, which makes no. perfect sense. So, how do, so how I'm, do you I'm get... actually, yeah, yeah no, sorry. I'm, I'm having two interns right now um, for, for a half a year. And that's one of the things that we have to start. It's like, so we're going to be building with SharePoint framework. But you're going to be building apps that will run in Teams and Outlook and everywhere else, and they will be like, "What do you mean? Um, <laughs> what is there? Oh, that is that is an interesting thing. Like, what is their first reaction or perspective to SPFX as a development platform, toolkit, toolchain? Um, so, in, so in this case, a lot of it is that they they played with React for a week. So, so. They're starting from from pretty scratch, but one of the things that they always find pretty cool, uh, having done a couple of rounds of interns, is the the deployment process of SPFX is just like you run three commands, you drag a file in, you have uploaded it, and it it's there and it's live. Yeah. Uh, which for for people coming from school, it's always awesome because they might never have deployed anything. Yeah. Now be, being able to take their laptop home, open it up, not having to open any code, and show their parents what they built, they're always like mind blown. <laughs> um, yeah, that's cool. So, so that that part of SPFX is actually really awesome. Like the whole hosting, it's it's easy. Yeah. Like, yeah, when whenever you do something with Team Tools, Teams Toolkit, it, it will do a lot of the extra configuration for you. But just being able to drag a file in there and it, it being done, yeah. it, it's pretty and, neat. And in Teams Toolkit, even though that's does the configurations, you don't use Team Toolkit for deployment in the production because you would not have the right permissions there as a developer. So it's it's yeah. not like. On that's, my tenant, I can do anything I want. That's true. That's you're in your tenant. Yes. 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 Everything always works on that tenant of one. 
Correct. Yes. Correct. That's absolutely true. Now, um, related, actually, you mentioned the teams development and, and, and SPFX and teams and all of that stuff. You actually built a really cool uh, solution uh, in the teams hackathon. Uh, which you're going to demo actually in upcoming community call. From a timing perspective, it's a bit hard if somebody's watching this a bit later because it happened already. But do you it's know the day? So, do you, September do you, do you, the 5th. Uh, September the 5th, 2023. Yeah. So um, that's in the recording as well. But can you talk about a bit about what you did and, and what was that all about? And why, why was that pattern chosen? Uh, absolutely. Uh, so, so what I actually built it with a colleague, but what we built is a... Um, a app that will allow the the IT admins to to see a list of all guest users in their tenant, um, and that using Microsoft sort of built, Graph, of course. So. Yeah, using Graph to to get the the users, and you can using using Graph, we can do a bunch of things. We can see which teams the users are a member of, when they last signed in, when they were when they were created. We can disable their account, delete their account, yep. um, and it was actually sort of a thing where, where the hackathon came up, and I was like, well. I, I want to participate. I want to build something. And then the very same day, I had a client bring up something that I hear quite a lot, which is, which guest users do I have in my tenant and what did they have yep. access to? Yep. Um, and I mean, there there are a bunch of products on the market that will actually do that way better than, than what we built. Um, but what we built was just a, a baseline, like get a list of my guests and see when are, are they actually active? Because what we found, we ran it on our own tenant is, We'll have a bunch of users who, who are guests, but they're never actually active. They they were active yep. last time over a year ago. Yep. Uh, let, let's get those disabled. Um, yeah, Ooh, and, and built... you build that on SPFX, right? So so you use Graph, yeah. you use SPFX. Any other tech you used? Have you used MGT, Microsoft Graph? To, to... No, we actually did did the whole thing using uh, PNPJS, the, the okay. community uh, repository there, because um, mm -hmm. it, it's. Pretty wide extended now for for graph as well. Yep. Um, yeah, build it using SPFX with the idea being that it could run anywhere. So so the IT admin gets an email. Hey, this guest seems to have too much access. He's an Outlook. He can press the button. He gets right. a Teams message. He can press the button. It's yep. always right there. Yeah, uh, that is really could, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So so bringing it to, to the context of where you are. Uh, yep. And that was actually winner of the Teams Hackathon on the productivity uh, category. So that's actually really, really cool. Uh, it was actually really well done video, by the way, and, and the solution. So really, really awesome stuff on that for both of you. So, so awesome, awesome stuff. Now, uh, I wanted to come back on, on, on your story. You said that you had a two and a half years uh, worth of uh, training, oh, sorry, the, the, the studying and all of that. How do you yeah. get to be a Microsoft 365 developer? For anybody who's like, hey, I want to be a Microsoft 365 developer. What do I need to know? Or do you just... uh, yeah, yeah maybe, realistically. Maybe be, be, before that, that one step back. Okay. Why Why would somebody want to be an M365 developer from your That's a your good question. All, that is all, a good um, question. It's like, if you, you could do it all over again, would you want to be M365 dev again or not? Would you uh, go to absolutely. the Azure side or Google or yeah. AWS or? <laughs> no, so, so what I actually think is, so, so for me, I, I I didn't have any opinion coming out of school what I wanted to do. I just wound up here. Uh, but one of the things that I have found that I really like, and I'm finding that I can share with a lot of new new people, is is the whole how good the like extensibility already is. Like not having to worry about a bunch of stuff. Sure, we have to do auth, but we don't we don't have to worry about the authentication provider. It's just there. Like we we get so much from the get go that that's like 
there's a hosting infrastructure already in place. Because um, I guess for me, I'm, I'm one of those developers who actually like talking to people as well, uh, which which means the Java SM 365 wow. dev is, is talking to the people. It's wow. pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's scary. But, um, yes. Yes. Feel free. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so I guess for me, it's it's actually the thing is, I feel like I don't spend as much time doing hyper complex stuff that's like security and stuff, but yeah. I don't mind because I get to do what what's like creating value for for my end users, um, which yeah, is it's really awesome. So, so that's the one thing. Well, so obviously internally we are doing a lot of AI, AI, AI. I'm listening actually a lot of AI books as well as I walk out with the dogs. Um, that's how I have time to read books because I, I listen to them. But that's actually something uh, so which we always forget about. And I'm going to tie this into the AI and the evolution of AI in a second. But it, it, in Microsoft 365, you don't need to worry about the basics. Uh, you authentication, hosting, all of that stuff. Well, hosting partly, but anyway. So there's this kind of a baseline abstraction for the functionalities what you have. And, and a similar thing, what will happen obviously in the AI side as, as well, it's the increasing the abstraction layer so that the developers, in this case, developers for Microsoft 365 can focus on business functionalities and business problem solving. And, and of course, the similar thing, I don't know why the AI came to my mind, but it's, it's I'm thinking on my keynote, which is coming on last next Saturday uh, on the collab days of Finland, but it's the similar kind of a thing that it's not like end users within five years are going to go to chat GPT or a UX and then start prompting. No, no, we're going to increase the abstraction layer. We're going to basically make the whole thing relevant and it's there all the time, 24-7, like the authentication and baseline services in Microsoft 365. You as a developer, you don't need to worry about it. It just works. Um, you can investigate it if you want, but you don't have to. In so theory, yes. In practice, we We've been talking about, you know, things like search driven, organizing content of that. Nine out of 10 people still put files in folders, hierarchical folders. So yes. don't don't overestimate <laughs> people's abilities to No, no, things. no, but it's the, the ink. Well, I've, so I have no idea how, how I'm now guiding this discussion in here. Back in 90s, when I started my IT studies, uh, and yes, we're a bit older uh, and I still remember when the internet came and I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to focus on internet stuff at all because it's too complicated and it's evolving too fast. So I want to focus on network layer. So because that's kind of a logical, it's, it's, it's kind of at these other roles and then this is how it works, which obviously isn't the case because evolution goes forward. Um, but it's not, and at the time it was explicitly told that, well, internet is going to be in every single role within the internet in the world will use computers and internet and have access on things. And back in nineties, everybody's like, no, that's nonsense. That's no, that's not going to happen. But when I think about it, even the, the let's say, garbage uh, collector drivers, they use computers to do routing and logistics and all of that stuff nowadays. So it, it's the, the abstraction and the, the technology comes to be part of this world in a much more efficient way. And I have no idea how I'm, why I'm guiding this discussion to this direction. But we let you, we, we let you talk. This is your time. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's the abstractionally the same thing. Well, actually, funny enough, I remember vividly back in, and I don't know while they can actually talk, relate on this. At some point, Microsoft said, well, you should, whenever you do a website, you should do your SharePoint, which was actually like, <clears throat> that's not necessarily the smart thing to do. But that was also 
because SharePoint that takes care of the authentication and the baseline services and all of that. So it's it's kind of interesting. At least we move forward a bit from there, but it's still, of course, the, the in Microsoft 365. If you're a partner and investing on it, there are baseline services which are taken care of for you. So absolutely, it's not. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I think because you you were on the abstraction thing about like for for developers and stuff. I think actually GitHub Copilot might be a great example of that, where yeah. it's something, at least for me, I find it, it's actually increasing my productivity a lot. Um, and especially I'm, I'm using the the preview thing where you get the panel with the chat. Uh, mm -hmm. And like you said, I'm not going to go to chat GPT to write a prompt, but when the chat window is right there, I might actually ask it, what is yeah. what is this doing? Why is it not working the way I want it yep. to? Yep. Um, yeah. When what it's are, there, are, it's present. Yeah, sorry. Well, what are the different things that you expect to be able to do with Copilot for work, right? Because like we know all know, you know, the external one and but it doesn't have any access to any of your work. So like you need to prompt like over prompted. You need to bring everything to it. What do you hope? Because I don't I don't like like disregard whether you've got the access or not to uh um um to it now, but what are you 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 hoping to be able to I don't know accomplish more easily or be able to do in the future when you will be able to use it in 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 your work. I'm going to write some notes here. <laughs> <laughs> so so I guess first of all the, the consultant answer would have to be my emails. Um, okay. It, it being able to, to not only like summarize an email because yep. we all have that client who sends pages long emails every single time uh, but also just like hub out with the answers might actually be nice. Um, yeah. And I think I saw somebody give the example of you getting back from from vacation and being like, hey, summarize my emails that come in to, in the past week yep. and like, what's the most important? Where should I focus? I that kind that, of stuff seems, yeah. Which will increase your productivity, which will save your time, which is time is money and therefore you can actually calculate the return of investment. Can you trust it though? That's the interesting piece. Um, not saying that you shouldn't be trusting yeah. the Copilot Microsoft 365, but as a Finn, at least, I, you know, we're super realistic and we're always grounded on Earth. And it's like, well, can I actually trust this? So it's it's going to be really the interesting. Emails are right there. You can always go through them. Of course, yes. <laughs> Which is so why I it's think called least... Copilot, not Autopilot, right? <laughs> true. True. From the perspective of like writing an email, at least like having that blank email, I'm hoping it will, because obviously I'm going to read through it at least the first five emails it sends. I'm going to yep. read through it, and then maybe I'll, I'll gain more trust in it. But being able to like have a starting point is always awesome. Yep. Um, yeah. And also the same Teams meetings, yeah. summaries, and all of that recap. So. Yeah, yeah. Just and, just getting a baseline is always like what correct. we want. Correct. And um, as a dev, what what do you hope to be able to do with it when it becomes available to everybody? The customers will work with it. What what would you like to be able to do as a dev with it? So I think for for me, one of the most interesting scenarios is like being able to to I guess put in the plumbing to to connect it to external systems because mm -hmm. it, it's just a fact of life that seemingly not everybody thinks Microsoft is awesome for everything and, and they have other systems. Yep. Um, and being able to to like connect it with that would always would obviously be really awesome. Yeah. Um, so so we could could like help people gather the information they need so they are writing an email and it will actually pull from from an external system and be like, hey, this is also a thing you might want to consider. 
Have you also looked at uh, plugins for OpenAI, ChatGPT, or not yet? Can't say I have, no. Okay, okay. But I guess that's sort of along the same line where you, you can connect that to, to separate Correct. systems. Correct. Mm. Yes, yeah. yes. So so if you use actually Bing Chat, uh, you kind of see how the, the integration works. Or you can kind of come up with the conclusions that, oh, this is how they're doing that. Because with Bing Chat, Bing Chat, you can say, what's the weather today in Helsinki? And it will give you the results. Uh, with ChatGPT, it would basically say, well, I don't know what's the situation today because I'm teached to a data until a certain time. So it doesn't have the, the, the on the moment of a information. But then using the plugins, we are basically able to then do a, oh, the intent is about the weather today. So I'm integrated to MSW weather or whatever it's integrated. And then it will actually throw that uh, information from there without itself having the knowledge about the weather, but the external system having the knowledge about what is your intent. So yeah. And the same idea is then in Copilot as well. So you're basically able to extend the Copilot, Microsoft 365 Copilot for this additional, oh, you're looking into sales data from last quarter. Oh, I oh, cool. I have access on this additional information here using this API. So let me get it to you and then get the information. So, so I guess it's, actually sort of like a custom connector for the Power Platform. Kind of, yes, but in a more natural, you know, communication natural style, way. natural yeah. language way. And and then really that you don't have to, I think the, the whole whole point of the, the AI and Copilot and all of that will be that you do not have to figure out the parameters and design the API and all of that stuff. No, 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 no. You basically just say, I want to have knowledge about certain things. And then the system itself able to create the parameters and call the APIs and, and return that raw data in human understandable format. So that's kind of the, well, you will still need to have AI or a, you will still need to have an API that somebody yeah, designs and build and absolutely. is capable of doing things. Like that that so is not going away because it cannot take data out of thin air. Thin air. Right? So of it course still it can, be but. <laughs> well, yes, it can hallucinate. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Weather is awesome. Like it's snowing. No, it's not. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just repeated <laughs> your, your SQL connection string, and there you go. Yes, there you go. Yep. Like, yeah, what, what what connection string do I need to have to access this? Oh, there you go. There is one with admin account, passwords, and then perfect. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> From somewhere, right? It just came up with that. Uh, we have a few minutes left, and I'd like to touch on one more uh, kind of aspect I of I have your one work. more thing as well. So, Community. Is, yes. is, is, yes. is, it's is, is it the same? There you go. <laughs> yeah. We spent so much time together, we kind of reached yeah. each other's minds. What, how, how did you get involved with that? And how, like, what kind of things do you do? Because it's really broad. Like, it can be yeah. anything from organizing events and user groups to sharing code samples. So and how did and you roll into it? And what kind of different things do you do? Yeah. Yeah. So so it actually all kind of happened by, by complete accident. Uh, so So... What happened was one of one of my colleagues who who used I used to like chit chat with and we we were like ping ponging ideas all the time. He decided he wanted to to see if he could do his own thing, so he went off, um, which is fair and he he seems to be doing good. So so great for him. Uh, still mad at him, but we we can have a beer and that's that's great. Uh, <laughs> and so so that happened and I sort of like lost my my good pal there. Then I went to ESPC last year. Um, with another colleague and European Collaboration to, Summit. 
no, no European SharePoint uh, yeah. Office 365 Azure conference. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that the one, the one with the long name. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> which was in Copenhagen. Um, yes. And I went Great there with venue. a colleague. Beautiful venue. So. <laughs> uh, absolutely amazing, actually. Uh, and that, that was my first conference because I don't know if you know recall, but for the past like many years, there's been this thing that made conferences not really a thing. Yep. Uh, so so uh, I got to go there. It was my first conference, and and I went with a colleague who then got sick on the first day. So I was like, oh, I don't want to go back to the hotel room and do nothing. So I went on. The, there's an app for the thing, and I went there. And some people were going to Tivoli to do some some Christmas market looking, and I was like, I'll join those guys. Um, and I met a bunch of people um, who. Are all we're all MVPs, and for me that was like MVPs. They're like technical masterminds. Wow, <laughs> wow what is this? Um, and they they were all super kind and and like took me along. And everything was awesome, and, and I sort of then figured out there that oh, this this thing is actually like it's open to anyone. It's not just these people who who are doing a thing online. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then probably the next day, uh, Scott did his keynote on mentorship and sponsorship. And and he said something along the lines of like, if you're writing an email helping someone out, why aren't you writing a blog post instead so you can help yep. more people like yep. save your keystrokes? Um, and for me, that was just like a light bulb moment. And I went, that's a good point because I'm doing these SharePoint pages internally right now where I'm writing guides. Why don't I take these pages and write them on the internet right. instead? Right. Um, and it sort of just snowballed from there. Uh, so yeah. Do a bunch of like blog posts now and a lot of SPFX and other code samples. Uh, generally, try to stay somewhat technical because uh, that's where my interest really lies. Um, but it, it, it just sort of happened, yeah. And went to a collaboration summit in in Düsseldorf in the in March, I think. Uh, headed back for ESPC this this fall. Uh, that was sort of my, my key takeaway. I, I went I went there and I got back home and the first day my boss is like, so how was it? I'm like, I'm going next year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. That's you don't good. know that, but That's I'm good. going. <laughs> what's what's the value for you from your perspective? So of course there's a value for you because you keep on doing that. But uh, for those who are like who are like wondering why 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 are you again, this is a classic discussion point, why, why are you sharing your knowledge? To go to a conference. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, or let yeah, your so, so, employees to share their code and experience and BII or information what they have with others. So, IP, IP, IP. Uh, so, so I guess bringing it back to that the start of the history just before, like that colleague, I, I sort of I'll say lost. Uh, he, like the community kind of gives me that same thing where I have somewhere to to share my ideas and get feedback. Yeah. Um, and others share their ideas, and you can go, oh, that looks cool. I, I want to do that. Or, hey, did have you thought about doing this this way? So there's just this like whole thing where you're like you're sharing things, and other people are bouncing ideas with you. Um, and I think that that for me is like the the personal value is I get to like interact with people who think this is just as awesome as I do. Yeah. Um, because that's something you you realize at some point during your career is that you you think this thing is really awesome, but it's not not everybody thinks it's that awesome. For some people, it's a job, and that's completely fair as well. Sure. Um, sure. But I guess for for the organization, it, it's a it's a matter of like saying, for instance, all the the samples that are or the PNP core framework, which is being worked on. It's like these are things that will 
make us more money in the end because uh, they make our lives easier. Like PNP provisioning is a great example where I think I don't think there's any company out there who are doing provisioning by themselves anymore. And anymore. Yeah, no, they yes. used to. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Like five years ago, when I started the company, I started had their own provisioning thing. Yeah. And it it kept falling apart, and it's like, well, why aren't we? 100, 200, 300 smart people working on this thing rather than yeah. us trying to figure it out better than our peers. Yeah. Um, that is so such I think a, for me. Yeah. yeah. That's a great example, by the way. I still remember the one slide, uh, which I'm not going to put on a blog post from 2012 in MCM 2013, 2010. It was the last rotation for MCM, Microsoft Certified Master for SharePoint, uh, for SharePoint 2010 rotation and we there was a slide and a discussion point within the day which i delivered where we talked about hey because we cannot do site definitions what if we would actually do client-side templates remote and all of that stuff or remote provisioning and that's where it actually started the remote provisioning kind of an idea and conceptual thing and then we wrote a proof of concept with one of the customers and then it has evolved significantly after that so uh, so, but it's 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 interesting. One of these things that's a great example of one of the community things which just exploded and and it increased again the abstraction level. So rather than every single partner and customer building and spending time on writing the stuff, the same stuff all over again and again and again, let's build it once and then everybody can focus on their own uh, specialties and skills. So it's it's a that has an interesting storyline i i still probably find the first version of the provisioning engine and how it was looking it wasn't looking pretty but it came on 10 flo floppies <laughs> yes you, you mean safe buttons yes <laughs> yes, yes, yes yes back in the day it would print with 3d prints <laughs> true true <laughs> But yeah, that's a good example uh, and on the value of sharing for sure. Because, and, and that makes every single company more efficient, which saves money, which, you know, it's always a good thing. So, Yeah, so certainly, like, I guess the, the money perspective is there if, if you're looking for it. It is actually pretty obvious. Like, yeah, the, we're a bunch of people who are doing it and they, it's helping us out. Like, why, why not use it? Yep. Um, and then and there's also, the whole sharing IP where uh, correct. my yep. argument would always be we're not building spaceships like it, it's not none of what we're doing is, is that complicated that others couldn't figure it out too if they wanted sure. to uh, sure. they're public apis it's all documented we're using exactly the same thing uh, exactly so. of course we're only using the public apis yes we only use the public there APIs. Other APIs? there's no other do apis we, do there's we only have public other APIs? <laughs> there are no other apis <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Uh, cool. That's actually really cool. Now, what's happening this week? Anything interesting on your side, Dan? Um, uh, so, yeah. Um, well, right now I was working on the presentation for a community call that I'm going to be doing tomorrow, which is then Tuesday this week. That's true. Time yeah, thing. That's true. Um, and I'm working on a upcoming sample uh, where I, I'm doing what I do best, and I take a SharePoint feature that still hasn't been modernized, and I'm modernizing the version history of files. Yeah. Oh, that's um, cool. That's yeah. cool. Because it's one of those things where you right-click and you just see this really ugly this page. <laughs> this page, and you see this thing. <laughs> it, it's a yeah. It, it, it's an interesting page to to show users. Yeah. It's one of those where where you like. 
you don't want to show that in a demo, but you kind of need to teach users that it's there. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's uh, that's what I'm currently working on. Uh, yep. And of course, customer projects as well, but we can yeah. deep dive on any of that stuff. Walek, what's on your table? What's anything what's on interesting my table? Happening? Uh Yes, last, last week I spent some time on trying to build a connector for, or trying to build, I built a connector for Graph, right? And, and that, that's really cool because they allow you to bring your content to Microsoft 365 so that you can search across everything you own from a single place, right? Yeah. And that's really cool. So I spent some time to build one on Node, and it's actually a pretty, pretty cool thing. So I've got a few more things I learned along the way with um, how do you work with the Graph JavaScript SDK? How do you debug requests? How do you, you handle long-running operations on Graph? So I hope to be able to cover some time to write about it and to share things that I wrote in the open. Because like oftentimes it's like, yeah, I build this thing, it's cool, but like, I want to get it out there. And oftentimes, you know, it's just like I've got overfull plate and it's all excuses. I know I've got overfull <laughs> plate and to choose to do other things. I'm being honest here, like not, you know, like, no, I don't have time. No, I choose to spend my time in 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 a different way. But but in this case, I think it's really cool for I think people don't really appreciate the connectors for for the power that they have. And I think it's really it will be really cool for folks to give give them a try because they are not that hard to build. And it's yeah. really cool to be able to really try and use the search abilities that you've already got in M365 already and be able to search across everything you've got and then like and not have to think in apps. Oh, for orders, I have to go there. And for that, I need yeah. to go there. And like, why not be able to search for everything from, from a single place? Makes perfect sense. I'm double checking my what, calendar. What, 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 what am I you? doing yeah. tonight? Uh, so, <laughs> and any new versions of SPFX? Uh, no, release candidate went live last week. Uh, we're looking into doing GA then within a week or two, so which should be fine. Uh, so that's 1.18, uh, which is relatively stable. The new thing there is Node 18 support, which is good. Uh, so Woo! that's that's pushed through. There's a internal. Uh, there's a bit of a challenge internally because we have a dependency on the actual SharePoint code base uh, on the Yaman generator, which is then keeping lacking us behind of all of the latest. Oh, yeah. uh, there is which nothing is... like a refactoring at scale. Like people don't really appreciate <laughs> that until you have a yes. huge code base and you're like. Yeah, so let's bump the version, and you like see like millions of broken tests, Correct. and you're like, <laughs> Correct. let's not. <laughs> yes, just, just get AI to do it. <laughs> For sure. Yes. Hey, get up Copilot. Could yes. you please update yes. all these tests? Hey, AI, and it compiles. Let's just ship it. It's probably okay. So it's fine. Mm, um, <laughs> never is. I, I heard never someone is. once say, just ship it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so and and maybe hopefully in the future we'll disconnect uh, that dependency and we can do other things. Uh, what else? I I do a quick 15-minute keynote on the Collab Days Helsinki uh, on next Saturday. I need to prep that one. That's on AI and and implications on that for us. Uh, is it actually going to take our job or not? And of course it's not. Um, so it's going to help us to be more productive and efficient. That's that's really the key of the AI. Uh, I I I really don't think anybody should be worried about their job as such. And if they would be, they are in a wrong role. Well, <laughs> Definitely, what your job, job is. I mean, like there, Dude, will, that's there will fair. 
folks, Fair. you know, like back in the days, there were folks who would like walk across the street with pea shooters and spit across your your window yep. to wake you up. Now we yep. have alarm True. clocks, so exactly. Uh, exactly, it will take away some jobs. True, but but then yeah. there are new jobs getting generated as well. Yes, so we're kind it's of going a, to, re- um, to raise the bar. No yes, exactly, exactly. Some well, the abstraction layer again is moving, so we don't need to do the baseline jobs, and AI can take that. So, and when if you think about, for example, the amount of people we are predicting to how many developers we are predicting that we need to have to be able to keep up with an innovation. Yes, we need something like AI, which can help us to be more efficient because we cannot train that many people, which are needed uh, for for the keeping the curve of. Uh, of the innovation. But yeah, so that's one thing. Uh, a lot of other stuff and planning. Uh, we're looking into deprecating certain technical features that that's taking time and, and all of that stuff. Uh, become, it's not just about sh- shipping. It's also about taking stuff away. Taking stuff away is always a bit bit of a challenge. So because there's always some people who will be angry. So well, yeah, you use it and now it's going away. So. Yes. Yes, even though it has existed there for more than 10 years. Yeah, 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 but still, I'm using it. Why are you taking it away? Don't move my cheese, right? Yes, exactly. Anyway, uh, nothing too traumatical on that so that perspective. Um, but I guess that's it for now. Thank you, Dan, joining. Uh, really good to get you, uh, have you on the show. Uh, good to catch up um, as well. And thank you for your active participation on the community, uh, on the samples and all of that. And looking forward to... Uh, community uh, sorry the demo which is happening today or tomorrow or in the past but september the 5th yes september the 5th yes for anybody who's watching uh, this after or listening this afterwards uh, go and have a look on the youtube channel and uh, the recording I, i'm pretty sure that it will be pretty awesome i've seen the solution so it's looking really really good no pressure yeah <laughs> <laughs> no pressure at all thank, yes. thanks for having me on uh, it's been a pleasure um, cool. Thank you. And looking forward to doing even more in the community in the, the coming months, I guess. Excellent. Thanks, Dan. Uh, definitely. Good to have you a part of the community. But now we'll jump on the weekly covering the weekly articles with Waltek. And I guess that's it for this interview. Thank you, Dan. Really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent, Dan. Thank you one more time uh, joining us on the discussion. See, see, uh, I changed the shirt uh, between the super fast. Oh, you oh know. my God. <laughs> I'm covered real. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Anyway, so let's jump on the weekly articles um, on uh, going through them as well. So first of all, uh, we it's now visible on the thing. So first of all, we're going to start uh, with the what's new in the Microsoft, uh, Microsoft Teams. Uh, again, a monthly summary on the Microsoft Teams side from August around the, all of the new goodies and uh, features and capabilities which are rolling out. These are a birth of gold uh, to catch up and understand what's actually happening. And then they're referenced on, on more details in the documentation and different areas. So really, really, really cool stuff. Um, again, a lot of stuff, a lot of announcements. <laughs> so that's really cool. Good, good. Um, then we had a, in the Teams block, we also had a deep dive into intelligent cameras, multi-stream and cloud IntelliFrame for Teams rooms. That sounds really interesting. Um, this is basically the, the focus, the intelligence cameras, which are able to then zoom in and focus uh, on the person who's talking and all of that stuff. And this is actually that is really, cool. really, really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, 
we we are seeing this at, at least in our uh, our team. Uh, it highly depends on depends on an organization where people, even though they're sitting in Richmond in the in the meeting room, they're actually enabling their own laptop and cameras and basically saying that they are as an individual. So putting the remote persons and then the in-room persons at the same table, which is actually really cool. So helps a lot on yeah. setting the scene, comparing the you know how it was few years back it was a bit different i guess where this is good direction for sure oh yeah 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 i mean like i recall still the the round thing the round table that we would have in the middle of a yep. uh table with cameras and all of that yeah definitely yeah, yeah it's, that kind it's a of part of you know having having everybody take part in a meeting on equal food no matter right. if you are right. in a meeting room or alone by, by yourself yep yeah i yeah i like like we chatted at some point within this call, I still remember those meetings where we're like PM meetings on uh, blah 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 on this topic. You join on there at 10 p.m. and there is no team's details available. And then you're like, hey people, can you, you know, get yes. me into the meeting? And then you come <laughs> to me in that in that dark black box in the middle of the of the thing. I just yeah. want to listen, if nothing else. It's fine for me, not engaged, but can I please listen? It's yeah, my game yeah. as well. <laughs> We've come a long way uh, from there. Definitely. Anyway, Sarah Cumming, uh, Cummings had a blog post related on this new great new feature. A lot of excitement on this one. Uh, so introducing new SharePoint news for email feature. And point here is that uh, some people still use emails. It's not that we want people to necessarily just use emails and, and it's a company cultural thing as well. But at, especially in Microsoft, a lot of communication still actually happens in email. Uh, it's such a large company. Um, so rather than forcing people to come to your news, let's get the news where people are. And as an alternative option, let's send it, send it to them as a newsletter in email if that's that's aligned with the company culture. Uh, really, really cool new feature. Uh, it's basically then sending the email directly in a fully readable mode in any email client. Uh, so it's technically an HTML uh, email. Uh, and we did record a nice video with Sarah on the feature as well. So where we walk through really cool. all of the different details and functionalities. Actually, apparently 20 minutes. That was a lot of chit-chatting uh, with her. <laughs> but also we talk about the future of this feature and capabilities. So what's going to actually go uh, in plans. And most importantly, uh, we also had a, a Sapphire, the bird called Sapphire dropping in, uh, which we Let's say one, two, three, four, five. There we go. And there's Sapphire. So really important ah, thing. Cool. <laughs> Sorry, oh. I have two, two parts. So brilliant. Cool. Uh, then we had the monthly update on the Microsoft 365 admin uh, site. Uh, so from the Microsoft 365 blog, um, similar kind of things, uh, walking through all of the different announcements and then linking in. Uh, the, the actual articles which have more details. Not that much again on August, uh, but I'm pretty sure we, we keep on internal, internally basically having this discussion that, yeah, relax now, we're still in August. It's going to be crazy in September and October. It's like, okay. So. We are in September <laughs> now, actually. Now we are, yes, yes. Now yeah. we probably start seeing more and more. Today, too, as we're recording this, is a Labor Day in the US, which means Free evening. Oh, yes. No meetings. <laughs> well, no actually, meetings now that evening. you have time, I need to go. <laughs> yes, indeed. Cool. Uh, then we have two blog posts related on kind of similar related capabilities. I want to talk about this one. Valdek? Uh, so right. so, recording. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so we've got a few APIs that are paid on my software graph, right? And these are about extracting uh, data from uh, teams in this case, 
right? Like yep. giving access to premium features that we have on Microsoft Graph related to Microsoft uh, Teams and meetings and all that. So this article goes into uh, the pricing points, what is available, uh, how it works, and what you 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 can do with the endpoint. So if you're interested in that, definitely check out this article. And then another one goes back into the or uh, goes into the Teams chat export APIs because these are available too, right? So uh, we had for a little bit we paused the billing on these endpoints, and now we kind of resume that. And you will have an overview in this article talking about the different options and so forth and so on. So definitely, if you are interested in uh, interaction with these premium abilities, uh, these APIs for Teams, definitely check out these articles. I think it's actually a good way of saying that uh, that these are accessing premium functionalities, which are under premium licensing as well as part of the Microsoft 365 license. So it's kind of understand that understandable from the the cost perspective that they have a cost associated to that because they are part of the premium they have their own licensing anyway so or well, teams alternatively chat, not really right because teams chat yeah, is a part of teams which is yes just or yeah. or alternatively the amount of data what you're accessing is exactly. uh, massive and therefore there's a massive performance hit or a, a information or io hit and uh, cpu hit on the system um, and it makes sense that there's a a, a kind of a cost associated trade uh, just to reiterate we're not looking into having graph apis by general all of them uh, has a cost only a subset of things which are premium or addressing significant amount of data so it's good to be aware of that kind of a thinking. Yes. So cute. Then we had adaptive card based loop components, which are now in preview. What does this mean? So these are um, components, like basically components that you might, might might have seen, right? So a while back we introduced the idea of loop uh, components, which are in a way a widget, right? A widget that is always up to date, always showing the latest info. So you can share with somebody a widget. And if some, something will change, like imagine a support ticket or order, if that order will change, the widget will always show you up-to-date info as opposed to being yep. a, a copy of it at the time where it was sent. So for yep. uh, sending things like, you know, project update tickets, it's a convenient way to always see the last info or latest info, right? And now uh, there is a preview ability for you to build your own. So this, this yeah. is really a cool thing. If you if you are if you are interested in this tech, interested in that ability, you will now be able to uh, build the widgets um, by yourself. Yep, absolutely, really really cool. Uh, cool opportunities there uh, for partner ecosystem and customers as well to come up to innovate and new options and things. Um, now this one is actually from Waldeck from you and Sebastian. So Microsoft Developer Proxy uh, zero point eleven. Yes, correct, correct. This is yet another month, yet another uh, version of Microsoft 365 Developer Proxy, which is the easiest tool to help you build robust apps that connect to cloud APIs like Microsoft Graph, like SharePoint APIs, or any other API in the world, right? And in the version that we share, we improved a few things, right? So one is, like, when you call the Microsoft Graph, we want you to, when you can, include the uh, select um, arguments to specify the yep. data that you need, but yep. not every endpoint allows that. So we increased, we made the guidance that we show more accurate. So showing only the warnings when endpoint that you call supports it and you haven't included it. But yep. it came with a big price because uh, Graph is a big, big, big a uh, API. 
So we looked for ways to optimize it and we optimize it a lot. So now you will see the guidance work more efficiently, quickly, so that you can get feedback uh, quicker and immediately go into optimizing your app. So, so this is really a great improvement. And then another cool thing that that wanted to also show is that with proxy, you can do many things. You can check throttling, you can simulate uh, rate limiting, you can, you can simulate mocking, you can do many, many things, right? So we wanted to give you some examples of how you could use that for different things. So yep. in the sample solution go, 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 go gallery, we uh, made available some samples basically to give you ideas like, hey, you can use it for this, you can use it for, for that. So basically give you a starting point for the different things that you might want to use it for. So two things, check it out. And two, if you have ideas, if you, if you use it for specific things, do let us know, submit it there too, so that others can benefit from it too. Absolutely, really, really cool. Um, on the not related, but on the on the open source projects as well, CLI from Access 365 uh, six point eleven is also out. This is doing a monthly release as well, right? Correct, correct. So so with CLI, and we've been doing monthly releases for CLI from Access 365 for I think five years now or six years. It six years yeah in november is going to be six years right so we try to have this regular train um um release that basically whatever makes it makes it and whatever not makes well next month is another release so yep. basically trying to release as often as we can uh there are a bunch of improvements again in there the biggest one is is that at the end of the month right we are going to release v v7 yep. and that is kind of the liberty that we take once a year where we clean things up, we optimize things, but it also means that we will break some things. So if you use CLI from ISO 365, take some time, test it out. We have a guidance that explains every single thing that has changed and basically also offering you the steps to take to basically adjust scripts, the usage that, that you've got so that you can stay on the latest release and benefits from the updates that we implement. So definitely check it out because it will have some great, great, great improvements. Yep, absolutely. Um, then let's move on the on the list of things. Laura Kokarinen had a blog post related on how to implement Azure DevOps pipelines for SPFX solution that use library components. Uh, really, really useful again. And when Laura writes, she writes them in a one step, 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 step in an understandable way. So walking through the different options and clarifying things, which is awesome. So not leaving any questions related on that particular topic. That's her way of uh, covering the topic. So she writes really, really basically awesome. our docs. <laughs> yes, yes, pretty much. <laughs> now, a lot of SPFX stuff uh, here. SPFX click on an anchor is not working as expected. Event Hunter is not called. Uh, a blog post kind of uh, sorting out and explaining the issue and, and how things are actually working uh, by Mark DeAndre De Schroeder Shoe. That's a, yeah, yes, I think I got the pretty okay pronunciation. So. Uh, Dan Toft, uh, who's uh, the blog, who was the, who was the visitor today as well, I had a new blog post around using React and Fluent UI and SPFX command set extensions. So how do I actually get started on that? What are the commands uh, and installations? What should I should be added? And then what, how do I actually use those things in the UX? Um, I would always, always, always have a screenshot uh, of what we are actually seeing here. But um, again. We can visualize basically what we're seeing as a primary button and all of that stuff. But um, and there's a full sample available as well. 
So thank you, Dan, on that. I can imagine. Please, 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 Dan, Dan, please, please. I'm going to call this out. Please have a screenshot. Ah! <laughs> no, no screenshots. Is, is there maybe one in the assets folder? No. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we can, we can, we can, we can. Uh, no assets folder yet. Oh, yeah, there, there is an asset. There is an asset. Oh asset no, there, there, no, that, that no is the other assets. No. Yeah. No. Nope. No. No. No images. No images. Cool. Um, and then uh, there was a blog post from Leon Armstrong uh, around syntax image tagging boost your content with AI enhanced image keywords. This is actually really, really interesting and, and a super cool functionality. So we're finally getting to the moment where based on the uh, image, uh, we are getting metadata automatically extracted. So basically, here's an example. Uh, so that's a good example if we focus on that one as an example. Uh, so the AI is able to figure out beach, Caribbean chair, ground, outdoor, seaside resort, sky, sky lounge, tropics, umbrella. And actually really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that would be really important for us. Like if you have a lot of images to find the right images that, that you need without somebody having to manually add descriptions, keywords to them, right? So. Yeah. And you could even imagine that, so this is extracting tag, but I wonder if there's also ability to have basically a fully fledged description of yep. it for sure. some, sure. some uh, for things like semantic search. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Really, really cool uh, functionality for sure. Awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. So um, Michael um, Mendes had a blog post related using the HTTP with Azure AD connector in Power Automate to create plans, planner plans and add them as Teams tab. So there has been some changes related on HTTP requests uh, connector support in Power Platform. Um, and he talks about the alternatives and how we can actually make things happen and, and, and work around uh, the, 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 the deprecation of uh, sent HTTP requests. So changes on that side and good blog post again explaining how to work around the problem and here's the problem, here's the scenario, this is why we kind of do that. Here's a one solution how to make that happen. So great stuff. Yeah. These are really, really good and helpful for others to access. And Im images too, right? <laughs> and images, yes, yes. Sorry, I'm, I'm a highly visual thing, I'm, uh, but it's 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 one of those things where whenever there's a sample, we should be showing like, hey, this is how I, that you look like yeah. on the on the code. So even though it would be, yeah, but it's just a button. I get that, but the button, if it's using Fluent or whatever, it it has a you know value. Um, now on the tweet side, uh, we tweeted uh, last week. Uh, SharePoint Framework 1.18 release candidate is out. Uh, so we didn't do a blog post. Um, I didn't have a time to write that. Uh, so uh, we updated the release notes and then shared an updates on the uh, on the on the social media. Um, the, probably the biggest update is that the Note 18 will be supported in 1.18, and this is Ooh. now the release candidate. So we're getting closer on that. Um, so that's good, uh, and Fluent UI updates and new layout options for your connection card. So that's been in the pipeline for 1.18 for a while. Uh, Adam Avojic had a tweet related on uh, the updated version for Vue Connection Toolkit VS Code. Uh, so really, really cool, uh, cool, cool, cool capabilities there. Um, it is not only for Microsoft Viva. Uh, it's it's basically just positioned uh, initially for Viva Connection, but you can use it in any SPFX solution to to simplify your process. Awesome, awesome work uh, by Adam there. Um, 
Alex Clark had a uh, sample available related on time to read solution, which is actually based on a power app. So you can put it on the page and then it will figure out uh, the, the time to read uh, scenario. Uh, thank you, Alex, on sharing that one with everybody. So cool, cool stuff as well. And then on CLI, you had some news related on that one as well. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So we've updated the GitHub action that we have that allows you to use CLI from Microsoft 365 to deploy your SPPKG solution to SharePoint. Yep. Really, really cool. Simple, simple, but so much needed stuff. Yes, this yeah. is this is good. So many people actually need this stuff. Now, on the video side, uh, there was a promo around uh, the, uh, the Power Platform Global AI hack, which is happening actually starting uh, on September 14 to 28. And Brian Cunningham uh, is inviting everybody to actually get started on, on things, uh, so which is cool. And then uh, the cloud advocates are talking about what that is all about. So awesome, awesome stuff. Um, Juliana De Luca had a new video. Welcome back from the summer vacation. Uh, how to color folders in SharePoint and Teams. So what are we actually, how do we do those colors in the folders? And that's actually a small thing again, but it actually it has a big, big, big impact because you can use the coloring to, you know, as a metadata and differentiating of the folders rather than yeah. just the text. I wonder, I wonder if there is a way for us to differentiate it for color blind, blind folks. Uh, good question. Good. Patterns, really good question. icons, they'll yeah. be an interesting thing too, right? True, true. I cannot confirm that. Now we're seeing some sort of an advertisement there. There we yeah, go. Yeah, you clicked. You clicked. Uh, yes. Don't click, you'll get an ad immediately. So <laughs> Shane Young had a new blog uh, new video around Power Apps conditional formatting and dynamic questionnaire. So basically building a solution and how that can be built. This is actually again really, really cool. Um, step by step explaining uh, how things can be done uh, for everybody on that particular scenario. So thank you, Shane, on that one. On the Power Hour, Laura Rogers, IAW mentor uh, uh, on site, they were doing a working with groups of people in flow, so, which is actually quite important as well. So basically, how does people, who owns the flow and what, how do how we modify that and all of that stuff. So we're starting from uh, having groups in the in the SharePoint site to then modify the flow and, and what does it actually mean in practice and who can do what and where. Cool. And then the last uh, last one is actually, uh, yes, handling throttling exceptions with PowerShell, Microsoft Craft, PowerShell SDK. So how do I actually handle those uh, within within your solution? And nice five, uh, five minute video, a bit more than that uh, from Paolo explaining the models. So really, really cool stuff. Definitely, yeah. Good, good, good. Uh, we already went through what's happening this week. Um, I can see a chillion emails pending and, and people asking things on my, my teams right now, so I need to jump on them. Uh, what else <laughs> is happening? <laughs> a lot, a lot. I think the most important part is that we will be back next week. We will be back next week, uh, and please use hashtag PMP Weekly and Twitter. Uh, makes it easy for us to catch up on uh, what you're writing uh, on top of the normal hashtags. Please do use hashtags. Hashtags are a good thing in Twitter, but don't over-exaggerate the hashtags either. So every now and then you say like hashtag dev, hashtag tutorial, hashtag developer, hashtag Basically the whole hashtag. tweet is just a hashtag. Hashtag, which is like, well, but that, no, not, not like that. So. <laughs> Thoughtful, thoughtful. But that's it for now. Thanks everybody for joining uh, or listening. Thank you, Don. Uh, Don. There we go. Dan, <laughs> for joining. <laughs>
pretty close. You know, Vesa, oh. Visa, same thing. Yes. So. <laughs> No, thank you, thank you, thank you, Dan, on joining. Uh, good to have you on the show, and and uh, we'll be back within the new episode within a week. Cheers. See ya.